I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Take one. Hello and welcome back to Frank Film Club Series 2, the podcast where myself, Maisie and my co-hosts Hannah and Lowry watch and discuss films and invite you to join the club too. We hope that you've been out getting back into the cinema. We've got some fabulous films lined up for you this year which you'll be able to watch in cinemas or also online so keep your eyes and ears out for those. But first up, we wanted to take it all the way back to 2001 for the 20 year anniversary of Legally Blonde. Warner? I totally forgot you go here. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I'm sorry, are you here to see me? No, silly. I go here. You, you go where? Harvard. Law school. You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? The film has become such a global, iconic movie, um, and so it felt right to honour it and the anniversary. I love this film, and it reminds me of my sister. I first watched this when I was maybe seven or eight, and I feel like it was like half-term holidays, and like Legally Blonde was on film four or something like that. I feel like I also didn't really understand it that much back then. So just to recap, it came out in 2001. It stars Reese Witherspoon as Elle Woods alongside a cast of icons, including Luke Wilson, Victor Garber, Jennifer Coolidge, and Holland Taylor. It was directed by Robert Luketic, and there's nothing more to add. Girls, what did you think? I have seen this film a lot of times and this is one that like I used to watch all the time when I was little and I loved it but same as you I don't think I knew what was going on a lot of the time like (laughs) and I'd only realized that now watching it I was like there's a real story here (laughs) yeah so watching it back then was great but so were watching a lot of other films but a lot of those other films I think I'd watch now and I would like shit all over them basically now that I'm like a self-proclaimed film critic (laughs) I I, I was like this is actually still such a great film agreed so I was 12 when this came out and I I don't think I realized why I really enjoyed it and I was the same I watched it over and over again but re-watching it now I know why because I was a very um vengeful child and I also really liked themes of like being underestimated (laughs) and this has got that in troves and I I watched it with my boyfriend and it's not something he would ever have picked out so re-watching it after maybe 15 years of not seeing it and with my almost 40 year old boyfriend I was very happy and um enjoyed the watch 
at this age. I'm so thrilled to hear that. I'm, I feel like we all had a really good time watching this film. And sometimes it's just really good to have fun when you're watching films. I was just thinking about um, why it's so good. And I think a lot of it is to do with the pace. I think that it really ebbs and flows between like, oh no, and then, oh yes, I'm getting my vengeance. And then, oh no, I'm getting downtrodden. And then I'm gonna get back. It just, it seemed to like be very, very solidly paced with the highs and the lows in it that didn't feel too up and down I I do feel like I don't know films just used to have a different flow and like that kind of like win lose win lose win big win was like more of the structure whereas now it's like I do feel like films can be very very sad for a really long time before they get better um and there's something good about like a nice like you know a pamper montage or like whatever it is that just like it makes you feel good and it's like great opportunity to like put the kettle on or like whatever <laughs> wait that sounds like I'm just walk a- great opportunity to walk away from the film <laughs> great opportunity to not watch <laughs> no I didn't mean like that I didn't mean like that to kick us off I feel like we should get into Elle our protagonist I feel like Elle is on one hand um, a woman like depicted in like not a very great light but then on the other hand she kind of like owns that and is empowered by it. Uh, So I wonder like how that kind of holds up in like modern day and what we think about like Elle as a leading woman and, and what do we take from that back then but also what can we still take from that now? Well I think that's why I was in some ways sort of thinking that I was not going to be best pleased watching it with my now very feminist view on life and what women should be seen as on our screens. But you can't deny how absolutely lovable and she doesn't, she's not um, stupid. She's not bitchy. She's not, um, it doesn't hold certain stereotypes that I thought it did. There was, there's way more to her character than I remembered there being, I think. Because her character, if you just look at like the real bare bones of it, if you just looked at the cover of the of the film poster, mm. like that is stereotypically just like the the girl that everyone hates. Yeah, in this film, you just completely love her. And I think it's because she she's so genuinely good. Like she's so happy and it just like rubs off on everybody. But yeah, she is just a brilliant character in that way that she kind of, is she's unapologetically very very feminine but not in those other tropey bitchy ways yeah it's strange because like the film also kind of feels like it's way before its time just because like we went through a phase of kind of like um wanting to shun femininity so hard that like it kind of well, just as you guys are saying, like, we thought that how, like, girls were was a bad thing and, like, you should be more, I don't know, be more business or be more this or be more that. And um, now I think we're sort of trying to balance that back out again, particularly in, like, pop culture. And so a character like Elle Woods is kind of, like, full circle in that sense. Yeah, definitely. And think about, like, young us. When we watched our... When we watched this when it first came out... 
the messages, the lessons that we were learning, obviously at the time I was just thinking about revenge, <laughs> but it was coming into, like we wouldn't sit and watch at the age of 12 or eight or whatever, a film that was about feminism or an abuse of power or, you know, yeah. but that film is so universally viewed by women of all ages when it came out that it was actually seeping into our brains and maybe, I mean, there's a couple of things in there that I, um, I'm still not like, I think it wouldn't happen now, but um, yeah, I do think that it made it way more digestible for this topic. Yeah. I feel like at that time in our lives or in the world, you're not like the other girls. That comment was like a badge of honor type thing. Growing up, a lot of girls would, yeah, would love to be not like the other girls and be like, basically be a boy. But Elle Woods is like the, so, the opposite of that. It is like she was very before her time. I feel like this is a really good time to speak about Vivian and Elle and their friendship, but also how Vivian kind of changes and their friendship sort of changes. What did you guys think about that? Well, for, first of all, this is just a sign of the times. If we were in the last 10 years, there's no way that Al Woods would have gone to that university and she wouldn't have known that he was engaged. She'd be all over his Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> she would have known before she got there. So that moment where she's like sliding her hand on the back of his <laughs> neck with her massive ring, that just wouldn't happen. I miss the old days. Yeah. I, I really like their relationship. I think it's funny that um, the way that Selma Blair's character ended up connecting with Elle Woods, with Reese's character, was that she bitched about Warner. And that's the only way we can connect is like, let's slag off the boy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And slag off the um, attorney guy as well. Yeah, I feel like whenever there is kind of that love triangle, um, like the other woman has always seemed to be terrible. Um, and they're the worst person and all of the anger is sort of like projected towards them. But in reality, like... This guy has kind of just played you both. There's quite a lot to connect over there. So I think it was slightly extreme how cruel she was at first. But I think that is just all part of the... It's the style of the film. It is a bit over the top. You just go with it. The other thing that I really wanted to mention as well is... um, Or, or ask, actually, your opinions on... How would they change it if they were to make it today? Because I tell you for why. After the guy hits on her... Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm really glad that they're showing this. But then, and like that that was a message that I got when I was 12 years old, that this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. But it was yeah. like digestible and, you know, something that I would watch. But I thought that the way that it was presented, and you know what I'm like, I'm not usually like very switched on to music in films, but I really noticed the music was very Disneyfied and very theatrical and sort of made that moment feel like it wasn't being taken so seriously. Like, oh, whoops-a-daisy, I've been hit on again by another guy. Like, Yeah, I feel like something like that would be handled differently. I do feel like it would still be in there and it would probably actually be more of a thing, like, in the film if it was, like, made today. Like, you would also hope that, like you know, maybe he didn't have a job afterwards or something. But I guess that's not even necessarily, like, <laughs> reflective of the real world. So as we were saying with um, 
uh, with Vivian, like I don't know if she would be quite so harsh at the beginning, but perhaps she would see, you know, the reason why she's so harsh is maybe she's been fed a lot of lies or, you know, maybe Warner, you know, has just been saying that my ex-girlfriend was like completely insane and therefore Vivian sort of feels like it's justified for her to treat her with no respect. I think the female friendships and the female relationships in this film are really what keep it so current and like young. <laughs> Keeps it young. <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you guys um, think of Paula and Jennifer Coolidge? I just can't. I just can't with her. I honestly, I am obsessed with her. I am so obsessed with her in everything. But also I feel like she's having a bit of a like cultural renaissance at the moment. I'm seeing loads of memes of her. The drag community are like referencing her like heavily. And I feel like that's giving her a, a yeah, another moment. It's very, very cool. Give her all the moments. Her mm. face is just pure delight. So this new one that is coming out, Legally Blonde 3, it says that it's expected May of 2022. Um, it's been written by Mindy Kalin. Um, and I'm not sure, Larry, who is it being directed by? Jamie Souk, who has just directed a short... Before, I mean, maybe theatre also, but she... On IMDb, that's all I've been able to find out there on that. That's so mad. I'm so intrigued. Do you guys know anything about the director or the writers of the film? No. No. <laughs> the, I looked up the director because I was like, huh, didn't expect it to be directed by a guy, but wanted to know like what else he's done. And he's done a lot of like very successful films. I think he did Killers 21. 21 which is a very different film and like a lot of like very commercial films but I don't know like I don't know what his personality is but it just seems I was just unexpected for a man to have directed this film yeah I do feel like that but also like of this time it was so rare to have women directing films of this scale so I do have some trivia and some fun facts there are actually some alternate endings to this film, um, which were never shot, but were sort of scripted and then taken out. Um, the one of which that I want to speak about was that Elle and Vivian actually ended up like romantically linked. Um, and you see them together on a beach, uh, like holding hands and sipping margaritas. I think I did recently hear this. What? <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? What would like if that? Yeah. What? How would that have changed your like view of this film? Or yeah. This brings up a really excellent point. Okay, because at the beginning of the film, when I was rewatching it as my um, older aged self. I thought, oh God, we're opening with her really desperate to get married. And then I was like, yeah, but that's really good because then it ends up not being about getting married. And what I was really disappointed at, the only thing I was disappointed at rewatching it was at the end, it has got the little like title cards at the bottom that says, um, this is what she's doing, this is what she's doing. Emmett is proposing to Elle tonight. And I just thought, why is it got to come back to the marriage thing? That's so true. I hadn't thought about that. So I would have been absolutely down for some Vivian L love. Same. But I wonder if back in the day, if it would have had, if it would have been as big a film or if people just wouldn't have been into it. Mm. I don't know. I hope, like I'd love for them to be, but I don't know if it would have been. It's funny that you talk about the marriage thing, Hannah, because 
they actually added in like the graduation scene, which okay, I don't know what is wrong with me, but when I was watching, I cried. <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally cried when she gave her speech. Like. <laughs> I was so inspired. I think that, to be honest with you, it's like mostly Reese Witherspoon's like performance because she's yeah. just so authentic and yeah. it just makes you fall in love. Um, but they added in that whole um, scene because when they sort of did a test of the movie in front of audiences, people were so wrapped up in Elle, um, they were kind of disappointed that they didn't know what happened to Warner, whether she was going to get her revenge. They were a bit worried, like they didn't, un- they wanted to know if she ever became a lawyer. Like she wanted, they wanted to know all these things just about Elle, not about like, you know, who her happily ever after really but just more about like her accomplishments and her achievements um and so they added them in afterwards and they had to film them in England and like stitch everyone together because Reese was over there doing another film and she'd cut all of her hair off and had to wear a wig and Luke Wilson had also done the Royal Tannenbaums and so he was really tanned and looked different and yeah Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, Another fun fact about Alana, she actually learned Vietnamese from the nail tech actor when they were together on set and then put in that whole sequence where she speaks Vietnamese with her and said to the director like I've just got this idea like if we're spending our whole time here like she probably would have picked up on some Vietnamese and so she like rehearsed it all delivered her line and then they like subtitled it over and like just wrote in that whole section which I feel like was such a brilliant moment. Oh my god she's like incredible what has she done like has she done a lot of since because she just sounds amazing she has yeah she's done a bunch of stuff i mean the only one that i can actually like remember that i've seen her in recently was um to the bone but she played like the therapist but she's an amazing yeah she's an amazing actor i'm like sad i haven't seen her in more actually maybe that's what we'll do we'll hunt down some of her films she's in euphoria oh she is (gasps) oh yeah she was amazing in euphoria gosh yeah that's the other thing that i've seen her in that's so funny what a gal I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now it's time for In In the the Club. Club. Now it is time for In the Club, a new feature on the podcast where we want to hear from you, our incredible Frank Film Club members. 
Before our recordings, we'll be asking you over on our Instagram page to reach out and share your thoughts and ask us any of your burning questions regarding the film industry, but also the movie that we've picked that week. So if you want to get involved in the next episode, then go over and follow at Frank Film Club now and keep an eye out for our call outs. Um, uh, and you could hear your question here on the next episode. Firstly, RX underscore Martin says, it's always described as a romantic comedy, but this wouldn't be the case if she were a man. Oh yeah. What do you guys think about that? I think that's really interesting. Like, because it's not, it's not really about their relationship at all because she's not, it's about a law case in the end. That's so true. Like she goes to Harvard for that, but that's not really. Yeah, because like if it's James, Bo- like James Bond has like a love affair in every film, but it's not a romantic film. It's <gasps> so true. Very true. Would it be like a? What's like a? It'd just be a comedy. It wouldn't be anything. Maybe it'd be like a courtroom drama comedy. <laughs> yeah, and like the her love interest. It's just a love interest. It's, that's just a little side plot. It's a side salad. It's a side salad. Is the romantic comedy uh, the romance about her and Luke Wilson's character? It's not about her trying to get him back. Maybe both. But I still think that either way, especially with Luke Wilson's character, it's that's not a massive part of the story. That is a side salad. Mm-hmm. Completely. I do think there's so much of the like editing, etc., which like feels very chick flick. But I wouldn't say that like chick flicks are romantic comedies. But it's purely because of this like this guy. Where where is it described as a romantic comedy? Is that like how they marketed it? That's a good point, Martin. We're fact checking you on this one. I'm gonna Google legally. Oh yeah. <laughs> so on on um if you Google it. And you know, in like it's little the Google information bar, it says yeah, mm. romantic comedy. No, the more I think about it, that is incorrect. That's a lie. But is this is a question? Is chick flick a genre? Because romantic comedy is a genre. So would you put chick flick as a genre? I feel like probably not. I wouldn't say like officially, but I feel like it's a subgenre <laughs> of sorts. And I don't even mean chick as in like female. It's more just like the what like chick flick. It's like that. It's like a bunch, like an easy watch. Easy watch, and it's like typically centered around like a group of women and friendship, female friendship. Yeah, I do a shout out to Lucia Palos who says this film was ahead of its time. I feel like we feel that way. Definitely, it really was. And Mackenzie Daly says, they're coming out with a Legally Blonde 3. Do we think that it will hit or flop? (gasps) I'm so interested. I always find sequels fascinating, like how they make the choices to carry on the story. And it's 20 years later. So how are they going to do it? But it's Reese Witherspoon is still in it, right? See, that gives me confidence. Totally. So I don't think it will flop. If it wasn't her, then yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I, was there another sort of reunion film that happened where it was 20 years in the future? I, I, it's making me feel like it's familiar and I don't know what it is. Bill and Ted recently had a, a remake with um, Keanu Reeves and um, What's His Chops. Right. 
but it didn't do that well in the box office. Right. I think the thing with sequels, like especially when they come back after long periods of time, is that they lean too hard in a very cheesy way on the things that were funny in the first one. But I feel with this one, because Reese Witherspoon is a filmmaker and the stuff that she makes is incredible, I think she's probably going to lean more into it being a story which it was centered in at the time about it being like about this girl like having a bit of a feminist movement even though some things weren't so feminist within it that that now 20 years later I I just feel like she's going to bring in um her eye on good female stories and make it present that's so true because since then Reese has like produced so many incredible like female stories and they've you know whether they're they're all kind of based on either books or pre-existing IP and so with this she's got such a good skeleton of like what Legally Blonde was and what it still is now and she can just like add everything else that she's like learned and and brought and it will be I think it'll be pretty cool actually Maybe we'll do it on Film Club. That would be fun. Oh, we should. I'm so intrigued to know like what is what the story is. Are her and Luke still together? What happened to Bruiser? Is he still alive? How long does the Chihuahua live? Probably not, babe. Why did you have to bring that up? I don't know. It just popped into my head. I'm just running through the characters. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's got children. Maybe <gasps> oh, yeah. they're called Bruiser in memoriam of the dog. Maybe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, it's been really, really wonderful to chat about this movie and kind of a different tone for uh, the, the sorts of films that we've spoken about before. Um, I guess in my final thoughts, uh, I kind of came to this thinking that uh, Legally Blonde would be a silly, fun episode. But actually, since speaking with Lowry and Hannah and also since answering some of your questions... I realized that there's actually so much more to Legally Blonde and to these characters and to this universe that than I originally thought. And uh, I think that it's a movie that has been really important and has shaped um, a lot of female characters since. And so I've really loved speaking about it. And, and I wonder how you guys feel. I No, I completely agree. I remember when I first saw that when you first had suggested Legally Blonde, I was like, what? That's a bit of an out there one for us to do. And completely the same, watched it and was like, no, this is actually so, such a good one to talk about. And it's been great to talk about. And I could continue to watch it again and again and again. And we should definitely watch Legally Blonde 3. Yes, 100%. Same across the board. I think it's been really good to connect the dots between uh, what previous film watching uh, viewers were thinking of films and how that translates to now and um yeah I am very glad that we did it it's um it's so amazing that they've just poured so much love and energy into these characters in this world um because it's brought so many people so much joy like the amount of people who have gone up to Reese and said I literally went to law school because of our words like how amazing is that um and it is just like, you know, you can look at this on one hand where you're like, oh, it's just a sort of kids teen flick movie. But actually, I think that 
makes you feel really good and it is really empowering to watch this as a woman it does make you feel really great about yourself it's like we don't feel that when we watch every film that we've watched on film club like you know sometimes we're like god i feel awful (laughs) so it says a lot Next week on Frank Film Club, it is Halloween. And so we're going to be watching something which has a bit of horror in it. Um, Midsummer. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. It came out in 2019 and was directed by Ari Aster, featuring the amazing Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner. So get watching and join us back here next week. We may also have a guest to talk about the film with us. So make sure you tune in. This podcast was presented by Wrapped. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.